Um, and this is obviously a picture of that's Captain America. I could have chosen Iron Man. I could have put Thor up there. I could have put Superman. I could have put Batman. I could put a. I could have put Wonder Woman. Um, I could have even cheated just a little bit and put Captain Marvel up there. Um, um, yes, but um, you. But there's not any cool pictures like this. Uh, but because. The, I mean, when I was a little kid, um, maybe like y'all, we were, were all fascinated by superheroes and comic books. And Peggy's uh, still has Peggy's uh, father still has a stash of old, old, old original uh, comic Superman, mostly Superman and Jimmy Olsen comic books left over from the '60s at their house. Um, that all of our kids read growing up. and I mean, there's a, something about superheroes that uh, it, it evokes something in us. We all have the secret dream that we can fly and stop bullets and um, stop evil. And, uh, and we all have this fascination for wishing that there were superheroes that could come and fix all of our problems and uh, and now the whole world is just obsessed with them. The internet broke Friday. Uh, anybody know why? Nate. The trailer, the first trailer for the next Avengers movie came out on Friday and crashed the site. 450 million views. Uh, uh, on, and you weren't one of them. Uh, four, 450 million views. That means somebody went to the YouTube website. People, 400, it's probably not 450 individual people, 450 million people, but 400, people viewed it 450 million times in the first 24 hours. Viewed, they looked at it, they played it. Uh, they went. They went to the internet and they played this movie trailer, the, the trailer of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the, the next av- edition of the Avengers movie that's coming out uh, this summer. And so and it just crashed the site because. Well, I'm not going to get into that movie, but it's um, people are very, 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 very anxious for this movie to come out so that they can sleep again. Uh, but yeah, that's right. So um, anyhow, so superheroes are a thing. They've always been a thing, and now the world is just obsessed with them. Uh, but I want to—I need to remind you of what we've been talking about. Um, I was thinking that if I push this arrow, it would move. There you go. I did. I skipped over this one. I just want to show you this again because I just think it's so cool that this. You know, this is a piece of something that probably belonged to the prophet Isaiah uh, back in the 700 B.C.s. And the fact that they found that, and, and which is the first concrete evidence that we found in the, in the archaeological record, record that the prophet Isaiah wasn't just made up by a bunch of people in the smoky room on Saturday night. It's really, really amazing. So I'm just... Because we're talking about this passage in the book of Isaiah. Uh, 
which is sometimes, as we talked about last week, it's sometimes called the fifth gospel. Isaiah uh, lived between 740 and 680. Uh, he was associated with several kings, including King Hezekiah. It's the longest book in the Bible with 66 chapters. It's referred to some scholars as the fifth gospel because it talks so much about Jesus. The, it's the, prophetic, the first fully prophetic um, outline of the life and times of the coming Messiah. Um, and now this is what we're focusing on is our Advent theme. Uh, it's really, you, can, you shouldn't call it the fifth gospel, you should call it the first gospel because this is where Jesus is first clearly, the life and ministry of Jesus is first clearly delineated. And here's one section. This is in uh, chapter 9. Verse 6, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And this designation, this reference to his character, his characteristics, his mission, uh, his ministry, is all that you need to know. That if there's a child that's going to come, uh, he's going to take over ruling all the responsibility for ruling and reigning is going to be on him. And he will be known far and wide, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. What a designation. Not the kind of designation you would, you would give to a normal Israeli king. Uh, or in this case, a, a normal king of Judah. Okay, so just want you to, just wanted to review this. Wonderful is a Hebrew word that... that uh, means something that's beyond our understanding or our comprehension. It's not like, oh, isn't that wonderful? So Anna's got a little red cap on. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it? And isn't it cool? Doesn't Anna look cool in that red cap? It's just so wonderful. Anna, yours is wonderful. No, this is like, oh my gosh, this w- something that's wonderful in this sense is completely beyond my I, I've, something you've never experienced. Something that you've never <laughs> that. That in all of your human experience, this transcends anything that you've ever encountered before. Oh my goodness, what was that? What just happened? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. That's what this word means. Uh, Something startling, something amazing. Something that's not moving when I punch my button. Um, There. Something that's humbling. Um, and they just can't help but be humble in its presence. Uh, then the word counselor is based on a he- Hebrew word that refers to a particular kind of wisdom. Not the, so wisdom in general means that you not only have the knowledge about how to do something, you have an understanding of when to use it and how to use it and when not to use it. Um, I noticed that Carl and Carlene know, know they have the knowledge for how to use this little fire starter thingy down here. Um, wisdom means knowing who you, what kind of things you can't put it close to. And you can light candles with it. You shouldn't set people on fire with it. Um, so you have, you have w- wisdom, not just knowledge. But that's not what this word means. That, this isn't the kind of thing that... Uh, it's referring to the wisdom and authority that a king has who makes decisions and takes actions that change history. <coughs> Not just somebody who knows a lot and who can give you good advice, but someone who operates in a realm and with power and authority to know how to do the right thing at the right time and take the right actions to change 
history. So then you, so with that, that's wonderful counselor. So you can say this, and his name shall be called the king who makes decisions and takes actions that change history. And oh my goodness, what was that? What just happened? I've never experienced anything like that in my life, and I'm humbled, and I'm totally in awe. That's what, I mean, I, it, it's shorter in English. But that's what the Hebrew says. We, and his name shall be called all of this. That's who you're dealing with when you're dealing with Jesus. And that was just last week. So today we come up with a, a, what you would think is a, a pretty straightforward term. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. Mighty God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. Okay, so you've got that, you've got that sense of, of power, irresistible, overwhelming power, super strong. Um, but it doesn't refer to someone with stupid amounts of physical strength or physical strength or irresistible power. There's a special application and use for this word that, again, goes beyond what we expect, but it makes this so cool. Doesn't refer. He's not called mighty God. Because he's mighty, infinite power, little tiny living space. Do you remember what that movie that's from? Uh, Aladdin. Uh, anyhow, he's not like a genie, in other words. Uh, the Hebrew word is El Gibor. Let's say that together. El Gibor. El Gibor. El Gibor. And it, it does, the root really does mean strong or mighty, but in, in this particular term, it's always used to describe a particular set of historical figures uh, in the history of uh, God's people. This particular, El Gabor means, does mean powerful, but it refers to a particular class of people. It's always used with a particular class of people, and these people are known as heroes. Like Nimrod in Genesis chapter 10 or the mighty warriors of King David in 2 Samuel 23. El Gabor is reserved for people who use this strength and power heroically. To step up and to intervene implies bravery and courage and action in the service of others. Heroes who get beyond themselves, who have the strength, who have the power, who have the training, but who have the heart to step up and minister, meet the needs, to deliver people in, when they're at their worst and when, their, life, when their, their backs are up against the wall. And when if it's not... <coughs> Um, what, you know, one more step and we're over the edge of the cliff and there's nobody there to catch you. And in the very nick of time, the hero steps in. El Gabor is the hero. And I'm thinking about Jesus. Jesus, our hero. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. Our hero who steps up for us and fights for us and deliver. He's not mighty in the sense of 
Hey, I'm Jesus, get out of the way. You notice that Jesus never threw his weight around. Occasionally, one time in the temple, we just got mad and threw the, the money changers out. But aside from that, he never got into somebody's face and said, you better watch out. You better watch out because I'm Jesus and I'm the mighty God and I could squish you like a bug. <clears throat> he always, he used his power heroically. He used his power expressed in love to save people at their point of greatest weakness and helplessness and hopelessness, sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally, mentally, but he stepped in and he used the power that he also used to create the universe to change people's lives. He was their hero. And so, to me, when I think... So we start out with a picture of Captain America. It could have been, I don't know, I could have put Iron Man up there. I could have put anybody up there. But the, the point is that the picture is compelling. You see the superhero with his shield or whatever he's doing, and, you, and he's poised for action, and you know, oh, this guy's cool. He's awesome. You don't want to mess with him. Right? When you take this kind of stance, or what's, what's the standard superhero stance now that you see in all the movies? Well, this, this was the old George Reeves picture, you know, on the old TV. But now, what is it? Uh, when he when it expresses all this power, all the superheroes in the movies, or, you know, it's like this. You know, when he they lands like this, when his hands, hands on the ground, and he's, now he's ready for action. Remember that? That's all the superheroes do. I guess it's like a, a move you learn in superhero school. They all do that. Um, but... But when I think of Jesus, this, when I think of Jesus, the hero, I th- and I think of his superhero picture, um, I think of this. That's El Gabor's kind of hanging off over the edge there. That's that's our superhero. That's Jesus, our superhero, busting out of the tomb to come and save us, busting out, using his power. Not to push you around or push me around or push anybody around. Using his power to defeat death. To come and be our deliverer. Then there's, there's another picture. Our hero. Our superhero Jesus who, who saves us from ourselves. With, even though we're still carrying... The, the hammer and the spike that were used to crucify Jesus, yet he's there to catch us, to save us from ourselves, to save us from sin, to be our deliverer, to be our king, to be our hero, to meet us at our point of deepest need. And you know... You can't. You just can't find that kind of hero in a comic book. 
You can't find that kind of hero in a football field. And as much as I love, especially today, as much as I love George H.W. Bush, great, wonderful, iconic, greatest generation hero, um, it's not like this. Not this kind of a hero. Uh, it's, it's just important to understand that... Oh, I just love that picture. His name shall be called the king who makes decisions and takes actions that change history. Oh my goodness, what was that? What just happened? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I'm humbled and I'm totally in awe because he is a king who will always behave heroically and selflessly and use his power to deliver me, never to oppress me or intimidate me. Mighty God, absolutely. Faithful to the end. Bigger than all. Stronger than anything that's facing us. Using his power for our good. Even when the enemy we are fighting is ourselves. As our hero, he steps in to deliver us. To use his power to change us. Not, not, not just to save us, but to change us, to rearrange us, to rewrite the, the, our spiritual DNA and rewrite the history of our lives. He doesn't just swoop in and punch a few bad guys and then swoop out. He's a hero who's come to stay. Constantly using the power that is his as El Gibor to fight with us, to fight for us, and sometimes to fight us in order to save us, preserve us for eternity. El Gabor, mighty God, our hero, wonderful counselor, mighty God, El Gabor, the hero who never fails, who never abandons us, who never gives up on us, who never stops fighting for us. Let's pray. I think one of the biggest traps that we fall into is especially for men. I don't know so much for women, but but guys always have this notion of I need to be the hero. I need to come in. I need, I need to fix things. I need to always be right. I need to always um, save the day, especially for my family, for uh, other people around me, and my job. It's, it's, it's up to me to be uh, the person who <clears throat> never fails and who always wins. And that's a trap for men especially. It's a trap. The harder we try to be the hero, the more we usually set ourselves up for failure and disappointing the people that are relying on us. And so today, at least for me, I'm one more time going to resolve to stop trying to be a hero. 
to stop trying to always be right and to always win and always make it my responsibility to fix everything because we already have a hero. We already have somebody who has promised us he will fill that role. We already have somebody who knows the end before the beginning. El Gibor. Lord Jesus, I confess today that I'm still too tempted to fix stuff instead of trusting you, to control stuff instead of surrendering to you, to try to be a hero instead of trusting you who are our hero. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for never leaving. Thank you for never giving up on me. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.